Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. This episode of the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast Series is brought to you by GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high-quality, trusted cover crop seed brands like Nitro Radish, KB Annual Ryegrass, Super B Facilia, and TNT Vetch. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. That's tiltpro.com. Today, I'd like to introduce Axel Garcia E. Garcia, an associate professor of agronomy and plant genetics with the University of Minnesota. Axel will be discussing interseeding cover crops. Welcome to the podcast, Axel. Thank you, Sarah. Happy to be here. To get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. As you said, I am an associate professor in the Department of Agronomy and Plant Genetics uh, of the University of Minnesota. My research actually focuses on sustainable cropping systems, primarily in the corn soybean rotation. Uh, I do things like management practices on emerging crops and cover crops, water and nitrogen use and efficiencies, and environmental assessment of cover uh, of crops, such as climate change and climate variability effect on crops growth and yield in the context of uh, sustainable intensification. The overall objective of my research is to improve Minnesota cropping systems for productivity and profitability while delivering ecosystem services. That's basically what I do. So I do, most of what I do is research. Excellent. So we'll go ahead and get started here. What are the challenges of fitting cover crops into corn cropping systems? Oh boy. Yeah, this is the million dollar question actually, but I would like to clarify first that uh, whatever we are going to be discussing in this podcast is related to cover crops into the corn and eventually soybean uh, cropping practices for conditions in Minnesota or the upper Midwest. That said, and responding to your question, Sarah, our climate and the weather conditions are the most important drivers of success for cover crops in our region. So let me try to explain a little bit. Minnesota, for example, has a continental climate with a long and cold winters and short and wet summers. So what happens with these conditions is that uh, the window opportunity to grow cover crops uh, either in fall or spring is very limited. So in other words, there is we have very little time to grow those crops. So that is challenging, but at the same time, it is possible as we might eventually discuss later. Okay, great. So how does interseeding cover crops into corn, how does that help relieve one of those challenges of the the short growing season? Well, it's exactly what we are looking at. Uh, Interseeding cover crops is just a practice that, uh, you know, it's, it's not a new practice. Uh, it is, I mean, many people in other parts of the world, you know, use interseeding for other purposes. But for us here and looking at cover crops, basically what we are trying to do is to extend the cover crops growing season. That is, we try to provide a wider window of opportunity for cover crops to grow. 
uh, let me explain it in another way. In our region here, corn and soybeans are usually harvested end, end of September to beginning of October, somewhere there. Uh, depends on where you plant it and uh, the conditions during the growing season. Regardless, uh, you know, when after harvesting corn, conditions for plant growth growth are marginal. There is almost no time for those plants or those cover crops to grow. So inner seeding actually allows us to put cover crops in the ground as early as the end of August, sometimes, which is when cash crops are nearing maturity or at maturity. That means they are not going to affect, uh, you know, uh, the performance of cash crops in that case. So yes, uh, we want to extend the, the growing season for cover crops. That's the objective. Okay. So when is the most ideal time to interseed cover crops? What stage should the corn crop be at when interseeding happens? Well, uh, what stage? Well, depends. Uh, We can interseed cover crops into corn early in the season or late in the season. When I say uh, early in the season, I am talking on inner seeding cover crops uh, from basically V2 to not later than V8. Uh, our research has shown us that uh, inner seeding at V8, you know, corn, it's really not very good. Uh, cover crops don't do very well. But if you inner seed between V4, V6, that would be probably the best uh, strategy. And then we can also inner seed cover crops late in the, in the season. And we usually do that when corn is at R5, R6, which is at dent to maturity. Uh, By doing so, again, as I said previously, we will not affect the performance of of corn in this case because corn is pretty much done. So um, what are the different methods for interceding cover crops into corn? There are several, but uh, again, uh, it depends on what we are looking at or what we have available. Uh, Cover crops can be drilled, air seeded, or broadcast. If you intercede late in the season, you might need a high clearance uh, vehicle, you know, so you can go on top of the corn, which is probably, you know, pretty tall. (laughs) And, uh, but uh, if you intercede early in the season, you can use uh, something like, what I use is a Penn State interceder, which you we can inner seed, uh, seed seed rye, for example, or any or any other cover crop as late as V8 uh, color corn. Uh, if you broadcast, uh, you could do it either way as well. But those are the three methods, basically: drill, uh, air seeded, and broadcast. Okay. So now, how can growers avoid having the cover crop compete with the corn? for moisture and nutrients? I would say that uh, we have to be aware of the growth of that cover crop uh, and terminate it on time. Usually, you know, in the case of cereal rye, as a rule of thumb, we, we want to terminate it when it's not uh, taller than eight inches. Uh, if we terminate it a little bit later, we might have issues, uh, you know, with the establishment of the next uh, cash crop, in this case, corn. And also, uh, we should spray if we are going to terminate with a herbicide, uh, let's say a cereal rye, when it's actively growing and temperatures are, you know, as, as expected to be, which is, if I am not wrong, it should be above 40 degrees Fahrenheit at night and 60 Fahrenheit during the day. 
uh, we should probably also apply herbicide not later than noon or 2 p.m. at the, at the latest because then it gets too warm. Um, when we the other thing is that we could terminate cover crop uh, some 10 to 14 days before uh, in advance of planting corn. This this tech, this uh, uh, this strategy works well, but basically we get rid of you know very precious time that we want for cover crop to grow. But if you terminate it, you know, at six to eight inches tall, uh, farm, farmer would be fine. I mean, there's not going to be a problem with that. So what else can growers do to set cover crops up for success with establishment after they've been interceded? After they have been interceded? Okay. Uh, I guess there is not much to do. I mean, if uh, the farmer did what uh, he or she could, you know, for a good... Uh, seeding, uh, and then we are at the mercy of uh, weather conditions. But if possible, I will prioritize uh, prioritize uh, drill seeding over broadcast uh, and non-incorporated. Uh, if air seeded as well, uh, I will probably use a, a higher seeding rate, uh, probably 30% more seed, seed uh, when I, I am air seeding or broadcasting than the amount of, uh, as compared to the amount of seed that we use if I am drill seeding. Uh, also, if we are seeding slightly late, uh, we should increase a little bit our seed rate uh, so we can guarantee a good, you know, emergence uh, early in the spring. Uh, the basic steps, uh, these basic steps actually uh, rely on weather conditions, warm conditions and uh, slight but enough rainfall right after seeding are vital to to get good uh, right emergence in establishment for example if uh, conditions are too early uh, uh, if early conditions are cold and there is no rain uh, cover crops like ray rye and others may not even emerge but uh, will still come up in the spring that's not a problem so okay. after it's planted there is not much we can do <laughs> okay fair yeah. enough so now, is it better for growers to use a monoculture cover crop or a cover crop mix if they're wanting to interseed into corn? Well, uh, a monoculture cover crop is easier to manage. Let's say you, you just have one seed, one seed size, and uh, I mean, let's say not a big deal. And also, you will avoid, you know, competition between species, so that that would make it better, let's say. But uh, you might not have other benefits that you are looking at. For example, fixing nitrogen from uh, legume cover crops, those kind of things. But our research showed that mixed cover crops tend to produce slightly higher biomass than a monoculture cover crop, uh, which is what we are looking at. And this is really very important in our region because as, as as I said previously, we have hard time, you know, to have a successful uh, cover crop establishment when, uh, you know, uh, weather conditions are not helping too much. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess basically, even if uh, we have monoculture or a mix of cover crops, uh, it will all come down to satisfactory weather conditions for those cover crops to grow. Okay. 
So which cover crop species are best for interseeding? So, and, and, and I'd like you to answer that question both from a monoculture standpoint and then also from a cover crop mix. Okay, yeah, well, so let's, let's remind us that uh, we, have, we can interseed early in the season or late in the season, right? If we intercede early in the season, we are we are going to be dealing with uh, you know shade tolerance or shade intolerance, if you wish. So when it comes to that, uh, this is pretty tricky. I've done some uh, research with that, and I I found out that uh, annual ryegrass does much better than cereal rye when interseeded early. Let's say at V B two before corn. And one of the reasons is because it's slightly more tolerant to shade than cereal rye. I had also interseeded a uh, legume cover crop like crimson clover, and uh, it does pretty well as well. So when it comes to a mix, I try to mix uh, annual rye with uh, crimson clover and forage radishes. Um, the problem with this approach is that forage radish tends, uh, if we over, if we put too much forage radish seed, it tends to dominate the others, uh, and it might go off if we interseed it too early. If we interseed late in the season, uh, there is not too many options, you know, for mixes uh, in conditions here in 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 southern in southwest Minnesota. So the most reliable cover crop we have when interseeding late is cereal rye. And there are for several reasons. One is because it's, a, it's an overwintering cover crop. So we are going to have some benefits in the fall and we will have all the benefits that we expect in the spring. That's one thing. Uh, the other is that uh, cereal rye, even if conditions are not good in the fall and it does not emerge, uh, it is a high certainty that it will emerge in the spring. So we are good with that. Now for mixes in the late uh, inner seeded for conditions in Southern in Minnesota, uh, as I said, there is not too many options. Well, there are some like, like Kura Clover and Heritage that uh, might overwinter, but uh, they are still a little bit difficult to, man to be managed. So basically, when I do my research, I have cedar rye with crimson clover and forage radish, but the last two are winter killed, and at, and at the beginning of the next season, all I have is cedar rye only. Does interseeding result in less seed-to-soil contact? Well, my quick response is yes. Uh, interseeding result uh, in less uh, to soil contact, but at the same time, uh, it depends on what type of seeding you are using. If you drill, uh, you will get rid of that. But if you broadcast and not incorporate or you air seed, uh, for, for sure, you are going to have those uh, less seed to soil contact. So that's why if it, if some people prefer to, you know, to seed after harvesting corn because they can prepare uh, prepare as a seed bed and then broadcast or air seed and then slightly incorporate. Incorporation is really very, very important, you know, to, to have a better, better chances for a better uh, cover crop establishment. 
We'll be right back to the podcast, but first I want to thank our sponsor, GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high quality, trusted cover crop seed brands like Nitro Radish, KB Annual Ryegrass, Super B Facilia, and TNT Vetch. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. That's tiltpro.com. And now back to the podcast. So my next question is another one of those million dollar questions for you. Um, how does interseeding cover crops ultimately affect corn yields? Okay, that's a good question. Basically, there is no effect on yield of corn. I'm gonna, let me try to explain, to, to explain it to you. Early inner seeding, which happens between B4, B6 uh, corn, as we've been talking about, does not affect uh, corn yield at all. Uh, that's based on what we have seen here. Unless, I mean, uh, early interseeded is a problem when, if you decide to seed it too early, let's say you seed it along with corn planting or at uh, corn B1, B2. So then you are going to be in a mess because corn yield is going to be really decimated. Uh, and that is an option that we actually do not recommend doing it, you know, because uh, grain yield is going to be drastically uh, reduced. Uh, let's say when, if we are late interceding cover crops, uh, there is no effect at all. And the main reason for that is because at the time we are interceding cover crops into standing corn, corn yield has been already, you know, built. So corn is nearing maturity or is at maturity already. So there is no effect of those cover crops. Uh, so no, there is no competition for resources, uh, you know, with, with corn. Actually, the only one that is a little bit affected because of light and eventually other issues is the cover crop itself. But corn growth, uh, corn yield is not affected at all. Okay. So that actually leads me to my next question. Um, so you mentioned sunlight being one of the factors affecting how well the cover crop grows. So how... Do interseeded cover crops, can they go ahead and establish effective levels of biomass? Yeah, well, there are two things here. One is light and the other is the rest, let's say. So what light uh, makes plant grow, you know, photosynthesis, those kind of things. And then we have obviously nutrients available in the soil, water, and those kind of things that also help with the rest. But there is another thing that is development uh, and the development of the cover crops and any other crop plant uh, is driven by air temperature. But in fact, the combination of both, you know, light, air temperature, along with, you know, conditions in the soil make plant, uh, you know, be successful or not. Uh, so we should, the sooner we see it, uh, the better uh, it's going to be for cover crops growth, actually. Let's say we are going to be interceding cover crops uh, by mid-September or 10th of September in my region. That's probably going to be, uh, you know, a, a good one. In fact, our research uh, consistently shows that uh, a wider window of 
opportunity for growth, uh, you know, in the fall, uh, translate into higher biomass yield in the spring. Now, the following as well. Uh, if we intercede too early, let's say by mid-August or so, uh, it might not really be very successful because at that point, uh, usually in this region, uh, by mid-August, we have some dry spells, you know, and it might not, uh, your cover crop might not come up very well. So beginning of September to mid-September probably is our best bet and it would be okay for biomass okay. production. So you talked a little bit earlier about terminating cover crops. Um, in, in your research, what have you seen as the best way to terminate cover crops that have been interceded? Most of our research uh, with cover crops is done with, you know, uh, glyphosate-resistant uh, corn and soybeans. So that means we chemically terminate our cover crops. And we do that to, to make sure that, uh, you know, our studies, uh, you know, are consistent and that we are really having a good control. But there are other ways to do it as well. So basically, you can terminate uh, with chemicals or mechanically. Uh, chemical or herbicide terminated cover crops is the most commonly used uh, method in the spring. But, uh, you know, producers have to watch for the weather conditions and those kind of things. Mechanical methods include uh, crimping, you know, roller crimper, mowing or tilling. Just this season, uh, we have a, a trial where we half of the cover crop was left for, uh, was used for uh, green planting and the other half was uh, slightly till and incorporated. So basically the slightly till and incorporated was good to terminate the cover crop, was 100% effective. Uh, and now for the green planting, what we did was we planted corn and right after that, we went ahead and chemically terminated the cover crop. Roller crimping is a method that uh, many people, uh, some people used actually, which is basically a, it's, it's a mechanical method that you go over the cover crop and you terminate it. So it's a little bit tricky, I would say, uh, and it's better if you roller crimp your cereal rye in this case, when it's already, one has already passed the boot stage. If you do it too early, it might not, completely kill it and cereal rye eventually might bounce back. And then you are going to be in problem in trouble because you might need to go ahead and apply a herbicide to really terminate it. So yes, you can terminate it by chemical or mechanical methods. Depends on the situation. Have you seen interseeded cereal rye? Typically, does it regrow well during the spring? Yes, it does. I mean, cereal rye is, is really the king of the cover crops in, in the region. Uh, I have had cereal rye under different conditions uh, after five, six years of research with, with it. And it always comes up in the spring. Obviously, sometimes it's better and sometimes it's not. But generally speaking, you won't have, you know, big issues with, you know, cereal rye uh, regrowth in the spring. It does really well. There are some issues sometimes when you might have some bird damage, or, you know, birds will eat the seeds, or 
uh, heavy rainfall might wash out the seeds, but that's basically something that happens from time to time and it's very localized, you know. So um, earlier you talked a little bit about weather conditions and how that can affect um, cover crops. Let's talk about that a little bit more. How, how do cover crops and establishment and then regrowth, how are those, how's that affected by weather conditions? Yeah, well, as I've said, climate and weather conditions determine the success of copper crops growth, right? In Minnesota and in probably much of the upper Midwest, uh, these conditions are especially unique. I mean, I mean, it's really very cold here. and It's a long and cold uh, winter. And uh, also, as I said, uh, a short and uh, a little bit warm and sometimes wet uh, summer. So let me put it like this. Cereal rye, for example, uh, it will it will germinate at uh, probably a little bit over thirty six degrees Fahrenheit, and uh, it will start growing even if very slowly at uh, forty four or so degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So temperature is is important, and also uh, if you have a slight rainfall right after you planted, it's just, yeah, or after you seed it, that's a it's a very good. Uh, sign that uh, your cover crop might come up very well. Uh, for late interseeded cover crops, either winter killed or winter hardy species, so moisture and temperature uh, and air temperature after planting are the key for success. Uh, similarly, in early warm spring will certainly will help regrowth of cover crops. We have seen cereal rye uh, resuming growth as early as March 10 and to as late as April 15 in our research plot at the Southwest, uh, at Southwest Minnesota. So now the following, when you have uh, cereal rye that uh, start its regrowth on April 15th, that means you are having, barely having 15 to 20 days before you plant your corn. In other words, when when it start regrowth too late in the spring because weather conditions didn't allow to start earlier, you will basically don't have enough biomass because you have to terminate it right away. So a lot of times when growers are talking about cover crops, they typically use cover crops to uh, meet some type of goal. What goals does interseeding cover crops into corn, what goals does that achieve for a grower? I would guess that uh, growers one would like to have uh, the most possible benefits from, from cover crops, okay? So what I'm trying to, to say is that regardless of uh, how good the cover crop is going to be, I guess growers would like to see their their ground covered. They would like to see cover crops using residual nitrogen. They would like to see cover crops, uh, you know, reducing issues uh, related to, you know, uh, loss of nutrients and other things. But, uh, you know, back to your question, what cover crop goals does interceding help meet? I would say that in fall, I mean, during, during the fall, uh, probably is 
soil protection, the ground cover. And because there is already a little bit of uh, roots, probably also you will help not having too much soil loss due to, you know, soil erosion, those kind of things. But that would be mostly what will happen. I don't expect to see too much residual nitrogen being used during the fall growth period for cover crops in my region. In the spring, however, cover crops uh, will grow more. And because of that as well, they will use more nitrogen. So you will see much more benefits uh, for uh, a spring growth cover crop than you will see in the fall. So in the, in the spring, probably I, I would expect to see cover crops, uh, you know, helping to reach goals when it comes to reduce, reducing uh, soil erosion, improving soil conditions, and uh, also reducing nitrogen and other nutrients losses via leaching or something like that. Okay, very good. Well, we are running short on time. So where can our listeners go for more information about interceding cover crops into corn? Well, we have uh, several websites with uh, cover, uh, farmers could visit. I guess they could start uh, going to our website at the Southwest Research and Outreach Center, which is www.swroc.cfans.umn.edu. Also, they could visit the extension website of the University of Minnesota, which is extension.umn.edu slash soil hyphen and hyphen water slash cover hyphen crops. Uh, then they can Google for Minnesota Crop News blog, where we have a lot of information about cover crops. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Axel. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor, GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high quality, trusted cover crop seed brands. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com.